As I told you last week, we're glad to see you here this morning. You know, it was awful tempting to want to hang out by that fire. I'm going to tell you now. Whoa. I was going to get out and bust wood yesterday, but uh, you can call me a sissy if you want. It'll be there next week. It was cold. And so I just stayed home with the boys and... We kept the wood loaded up and worked on stuff for this week and next week and the week after. And I thank God for that opportunity. So it wasn't a lost day, okay? I was working. I just wasn't sweating and working because I didn't want to sweat and get sick. So um, anyway, I told you last week we're going to start a series called Eternal Rewards. Now, how are we saved? By grace, through faith, and not of our works, lest any should boast, but we're going to have works. We should have works, because that's what eternal rewards is about. So the message today, and I'm probably, I'm thinking this thing might go through to about Easter. So... Hang in there because we're going to open up today with what we want to see. What, I, what is eternal life? Next week we're probably going to talk about some of the things that God is using a report card on us on. And it's all out of the Bible. We're not going to do any speculating. If it ain't in the Bible, we're not going to talk about it. Because otherwise, we get off on some tangents and we can go places and now we all of a sudden we built doctrine on something that's not there. And, you know, the devil wants to take us down that road. So we got a lot of scriptures. I usually walk around because that's how I like to preach, but I got a lot of notes, so I'm going to tell you now I will be going a lot from these notes because it is a, a tremendous amount of information, but it, it also is very helpful to us. We're going to go probably another week, and we're going to talk about the crowns that we're going to have. Did you know we're going to have crowns? But not everybody's going to have the same crown. So that's something to pay attention to. We're going to talk about overcoming. We're going to talk about all these things over the next, and I'm thinking probably through Easter. So I'm trying to get some visual aids to help out with it. So Brother Charlie has been gracious enough to download them because otherwise you wouldn't have got what i seen because I don't know how to do it. But I think it will help us. So this morning we're going to talk about our eternal rewards, but we're going to talk about what is eternal life. Now, as we live this life right now, as believers, if you're not a believer, a lot of this doesn't apply, so you need to take care of that first. Because the only reward for sin is death. But if you're a believer... We go to another place, and we want to know. I've been curious about what eternal life is about. I sat with my family at the supper table this week a few times, and one day we was talking about a few times where we eat together every day, but, you know, it was just at the table, and everybody was there. And, but I asked them what their thoughts were. Just to get an idea. And I know that we probably, all of us, have thought, I've thought about it. And so, 
to get an idea of what everybody thinks and why they think what they think is very, very important from here. So this is a foundational thing. Try to stay awake. If you get sleepy, stand up, walk around, do something because we need this foundation to go to the others. I'll tell you, next week is exciting, but next week will also be difficult for every one of us how God sees things. So we're talking about our eternal rewards. You see, if you get paid for everything that you do in this life, that's your reward. There's not one in heaven. Did you catch that? So if you go and dig a gene, dig a gene for ditch, dig a ditch for gene, and then you go around letting everybody in the community know that you went and dug a ditch for gene, you just got your reward. Whatever pats on the back they gave you, whatever good words they'll say about you, you just got your reward because what you was doing it for was for recognition. And so that won't be a check mark in those books that we're going to read about next week that's in Revelation. So, so what does eternal life mean? What is it like? The Lord will give rewards for everything. He's watching. He knows what's going on in our lives. So there's some things we're going to get rewards for. There's going to be some things we're going to get big X's for. And so the question that you can ask yourself, I ask myself, What's in my eternity? Well, I'm going to make it to heaven, and, you, you know, it's okay. Just give me a little cabin over in the corner of the woods away from everybody. Guess what? It ain't there because it's about fellowship. If you don't like people, then Jesus really needs to come into your heart because he's all about people. He died for people. Amen. But here's the thing with our rewards. They're all going to be different. You ever thought of that? Different rewards. Now, eternal life, it's a real life, I believe. It's called eternal life. And that means that when we, when we check out from here, we're going to live a life that's going to last forever. And this life is going to be determined of where we're at, what the walk, what it's going to be like according to what happened in this life for the kingdom. Okay? So I know we get pictures of, of little babies in diapers and wings floating around on clouds playing harps. That ain't it. Let you know that right. That's not it. And heaven is much more than being in a eternal worship service now I think about this a lot why is it that kids when they're under mom and dad's roof and under mom and dad's care they're always in church they're here when the doors are open mom and dad stays long they stay long and the next thing you know college comes up or whatever and they disappear now this is just conjecture my thoughts so you get your own this is not biblical but it's pretty boring to think that we're going to just be in an eternal worship service. I mean, we can't get at, wait to get out at 12 o'clock. So what's it like going to be, what's it going to be like for eternity? 
That doesn't sit well with folks. We wonder about that. But can I tell you, that's not what it's about. It's not going to be an eternal worship service. In John chapter 3, starting in verse 12, I think they're going to put the scriptures up for us. I think I talked too long and let the thing undo itself. If I had told you, he's talking to Nicodemus, if I had told you things, earthly things, and you did not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended to heaven but he who came down from heaven, that is, the Son of Man who is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Ever lasting life you ever wonder what happens when we die well if you go back into the early part when Jesus was still walking we know about Abraham's bosom we know about Lazarus going down and wanting to come back so he could let his brothers know he was he, he seen him over on the other side of the abyss asked him to bring him a, a drink of water those that were lost but then in Abraham's bosom was where the souls were that were God followers. But when Jesus came, he went on whenever he was dead and buried. He went in to the heart of the earth and he preached and set the captive free. He told the thief on the cross when he asked him to remember him when he came into his kingdom. What did he say? I tell you the truth. Today you will be with me in paradise. Not in Abraham's bosom. You're going to be with me in paradise. Now, paradise is the place that's at the throne of God where the souls could not be numbered. When we die, that soul is going to go there. That spirit is going to go there, and it's kind of like a holding cell, so to speak, for what's coming. Now, there's going to be torment for those that don't go to that place, but that ain't really the hell. That's not the lake of fire, but there's not going to be a good place. And so those souls go into this paradise, and this paradise is coming soon for us if we die. But whenever we die, when it's over, this paradise is going to end. And then there's going to be a new heaven and a new Jerusalem. We're going to talk about those. So it's not going to be that, but I think we're going to be there, and what's going to be happening is, is we're going to be catching up with those that we love. And we're going to be at the throne of God, at the feet, at the foot of God, at his, of his throne, worshiping him. We'll be numbered among those souls that cannot be numbered. He saw, saw them, and they can't be numbered. And so Jesus is telling Nicodemus about eternal life. Sixty-eight times the term Nicod, uh, 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 eternal life is in the Bible. So it's a life. It is a real life. And so the paradise is where we go. When you ask yourself, well, what's it like there? What's heaven going to be like? What's the eternal life going to be like? Well, I can tell you there's not going to be any taxes. <laughs> no bills. There's not going to be any jails. There's not going to be any courts. 
No politicians. That kills the economy right there, just taking away the ads off of TV. There's not going to be any sorrow. There's not going to be any tears. There's not going to be heartaches. There's not going to be any pains. There's not going to be any hospitals. There's not going to be any nursing homes. Brother Tim, you're going to have to find another occupation in heaven because there ain't going to be no funeral homes neither. But it ain't going to matter, is it, brother? That's what's not going to be there. All these things, no temptation, no sin will be there. Amen. Don't that make us happy? That's what we're living for. That's where we're headed to. We're headed to that place. Now, if we ain't headed there, then it ain't good, and that's another series for another time. But it ain't good. It's misery. And can I tell you what? It's misery beyond anything you can experience on this earth if you ain't going to heaven. It's that simple. We don't have an inkling of the pain and the suffering. It's all, oh. So it's not something that we like to think about. There's only one way to have eternal life, and that's through Jesus Christ. In Romans 6 and 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Where? In Christ Jesus our Lord. Oh, well, there's all kinds of ways you hear people talk about. You hear the world talk about it. Well, it's just how they are. You see, there's a whole lot of stinking thinking going on in this world. When I was in college, there was a professor when we would take tests and you didn't do good and some of us would think too much and he'd say, you need to get rid of the stinking thinking. If you know the material, don't think it through, just do it. A lot of times you erase the answers that's right. Anybody ever heard that in school? Stick with your first one if you're not sure because you probably was right to start off. And if you're guessing, you're, you know, if it's four questions, you're one in 25. So if we know the word, then we don't have to think. If we know the word, we don't have to buy into everything that we hear. Then we know that it ain't right. And according to what I just read, the only way to eternal life is through Christ Jesus our Lord. He took care of business for us. He made the way for us. And so it's going to be a real life. But everybody's rewards aren't going to be the same. We're going to be given a new body, an immortal body, in 1 Corinthians 15 and 50. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit corruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. We shall be changed. We're going to get a new body. Mm. For this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. So when the corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. No more death. But this is a picture 
of something being planted. You know, seeds are dead, right? We're getting ready to do some seeding here in a few months. Seed taters in about three weeks, Lord's willing. Maybe a little longer. I just wishing, I guess. Yeah, about a month. Yeah, about a month from now, probably. But the seeds, the beans, the corn, those are dead seeds and they have to be planted in the ground and then they come up and they make after its kind is what they do. And this is a picture of what has to happen to us. We have to die to self. You say, well, but what about if we're raptured? Well, the thing is, is you're born again with Jesus Christ. When we're baptized, it's a, sh- it's a show that we have been dead and buried and we've been resurrected as a new life, as a new creature. But when we go to heaven, we're going to have a different body. Wow. We're going to have one that's not going to mess up. It ain't going to tear up. It's a body that's going to last. Wow. So it's got to be a life, right? Why do we need a body that's going to last and not go away if we're just going to wear diapers and float around on clouds playing harps? That's the picture that a lot of people have. Matter of fact, it's Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. I forgot to tell you that. But you see the cards with Cupid, you know, the little guy with the arrow, and of course you can't have love unless he shoots you. Whoa. But that's not the picture that it is. It's going to be a life. It's going to be a life that lasts forever. Okay. Now, what's that body going to be like? We know that the Bible tells us that there are celestial beings and there are terrestrial beings. Celestial beings is the planets and things like that. Terrestrial, not E.T., but terrestrial beings are beings of the earth. They don't live in space. You think that's not there? It is there. It's in the Bible. And so we get this picture in 1 Corinthians 15 and 4. It said, there are also celestial bodies and terrestrial bodies, but the glory of the celestial is one and the glory of the terrestrial is another. Let's stop right there. That means that there's different glories. So it ain't going to be the same for us, is it? We're talking about eternal rewards. Everybody say eternal rewards. I want you to know we know what we're talking about. Okay. So their glories are different. There is one glory of the sun and another glory of the moon and another glory of the stars. For one star differs from another star. What is that talking about? It's talking about light. Right? The sun is real bright, real hot, and the moon not so much, and the stars, depending on where they're at, they're different. Right? They show up different. Some of them don't show up so good in the summertime because of the, the junk that's in the air that we can't see, but the others are still there. But like last night, I went out on the porch for like two seconds before I went to bed last night, and my toes got cold. But I'm going to tell you what, I, you could see for it was a clear night, and the wind had done quit. And I thought, wow, the, the stars were just so bright and clear. But some were brighter than others. So, oh, let's keep reading. So also is the resurrection of the dead. 
The body is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It, was ra- it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. It's talking about our light. Now we're going to go somewhere, so I want you to hang on to that, but there are going to be different glories. Now you might ask yourself, because I've been asking myself, how is it I can change my glory? It's what we do on this earth right now. It's what we do right now. That's how we change it. So, you ever wonder what we'll look like? Brother Cannon, you got that first picture to put up? Yes, it does. But everybody has the pictures of the, of the, uh, Little babies with harps. Innocence. Innocence is the idea of what I'm looking at. So what will we look like? What about the other one? I want to do the other one first. Can that be a problem? Okay. That one. The first one we're going to talk about is a cherub. Now the cherubs are the guardians. You remember in Genesis whenever Adam and Eve was kicked out of the garden? And there was a cherub placed at the gate of the garden with a flaming sword so that nobody could get to the tree of life. Man couldn't get back in. He's a guard. Now, if we go into the, into the scripture, and I think it is Ezekiel 1 through 4, and I didn't put that on here, so I'm going to pull it up real quick. I want to read a little bit. So, Kenan, you're not going to have that. I was paying attention to that Duke game yesterday. I probably forgot to stick it on here. Nobody else watched it? Okay. All right. It wasn't for a comment. And it came to pass Ezekiel 26 and 1, I think. Nope, that ain't right. No, Ezekiel 1. (laughs) What am I thinking? Why did I hit 26 and 1? Ezekiel chapter 1. I'm just going to read a few verses here. Now it came to pass in the thirteenth year in the fourth month, on the fifth day of the month, as I was among the captives of the river Chabor, that the heavens were open and I saw visions of God. On the fifth day of the month, which was in the fifth year of the king of Jehoshaphat, I just butchered that, captivity, the word of the Lord came expressly to Ezekiel the priest, the son of Buzi, in the land of the Chaldeans by the river Chadar, with the hand of the Lord was upon him. Then I looked. This is where I want you to pay attention. Then I looked, and behold, a whirlwind was coming out of the north, a great cloud with raging fire engulfing itself. The brightness was all around it and radiating out of its, out of its mist like the color of amber, out of its mist of, midst of fire. Also from it came a likeness of four living creatures, and this was their appearance. They had the likeness of a man. Each one had four faces, and each one had four wings. Hey, four wings. Yeah. 
Their legs were straight and the soles of their feet were like the soles of, of calves' feet. They sparkled like the color of burnished bronze. Their hands of a man were under the wings on the four sides. And each had four, four had each of the four had faces and wings. Their wings touched one another. The creatures did not turn and when when they went, but each went straightway forward. And the likeness of their faces, each had a face of a man, and each of the four had the face of a lion, and on the right side each of the four Four had the face of an ox on the left side, and each of the four had the face of an eagle. That is the picture we have here. This is a cherub. That's not a baby in a diaper. That's not what we're going to be like. You have four wings. This is the guardian. This is the guard dog. He can see everywhere. I don't understand it, and we're not here to, uh, to, to go into what all the faces are and what they're about but we're here to say this is what one of the creatures are, one of the beings are. And people always like to use the idea of, of cherubs. Lucifer was the cherub that covereth before he fell. Now can you imagine standing in a room and maybe you're crying out to God and maybe it's this morning because the work that's being done for the kingdom of God, the devil always wants to stop. And so you need probably one of these guys hanging around to take care of us. But if he were to come and be right here in the midst of us, would we not all probably flee? You see something that looks like that? I'm out of here. That's why in the Bible we always hear fear not. Because when God's beings come around, there's power with them. And they, they, they got to look about them. And so they have to ensure people don't be afraid. But this is a cherub. Is this what I'm going to look like? No. Let's go to the seraphim. The seraphim, in Isaiah chapter, chapter 6 and verse 1, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings and two with two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. The seraphim are the worshipers. They're the ones that's crying, Holy, holy, holy. You got a picture of them? That was the first one we saw of the guy by the world. But there's another one that's in the Bible. And we're only going with what's in the Bible that I can find. There may be more, but I don't know. One more. And that's the archangels. They are the warriors. They're the warriors. They're the ones, and, and my, Michael's the only one we really, I think, know about. Gabriel, I'm going to give you my opinion on that one, okay? I said we weren't going to do that, didn't I? Gabriel brought messages, but in, in, in uh, Daniel chapter 10. I didn't put this in all my notes either, but let's go there. Daniel chapter 10. Chapter 10, 10. 
Suddenly a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. He said to me, O Daniel, man, greatly beloved, understand the words I speak to you and stand upright, for I have been sent to you. And while he was speaking to, to this word to me, I stood trembling. Excuse me. Then he said to me, Do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days, and behold, Michael, so he's telling him that Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. So we know that about Michael, Gabriel is the one that brings the message, but Michael was a fighter. So you know, and if you get into Catholicism, I mean, they got Raphael, they got all these guys. They name them all. But as far as the Bible's concerned, those are the names we have. Gabriel talked to, to Mary. That which is within you is of the Holy Ghost. He identified himself. And we know that, we know that, that Michael, well, Michael, he, um, he disputes with Satan concerning Moses' body in Jude 1 and 9. In Revelation 12 and 7, he fights against Satan in the heavenlies. So we know that they're there. And so my question would come, will our bodies be fashioned like that of an angel? What will we look like? Will we have six wings? Will we have four wings? Will we have two wings? Huh? What? What are we going to have? We're not going to have any, I think, according to the Scripture. We're not going to look like none of those. We will be like Jesus. We will be like Jesus. Philippians 3 and 20. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body, that it may be conformed, to his glorious body according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. We're going to be changed. And it's going to be just like what Jesus is like after he was resurrected. That is what we're going to have. You see, everybody's glory is not going to be the same. The celestials we talked about. You remember the Mount of Transfiguration? You guys got that picture. You remember Jesus took... Three of them with him, and he went up on the mountain, and he, and he met Elijah and Moses, and, and so they see him transfigured. That's hard to see with that light, but the point is, he was very bright. The Bible says that his head, he, he shone like the sun. His clothes were white. It was like they were given off light. That is the glorified body. They got to see where he was headed to. They got to have a little glimpse of what was to come. And yet, that's what we're going to be like. There's going to be different glories. Tithers are going to have a different glory than those who kept it. Amen, Brother Kim. Yeah. <laughs> you haven't had a sermon on tithing yet this year, so we might classify that as it. We need to know what we got to do. Because for the next six weeks, probably, we're going to be doing stuff like this. So, Soul winners are going to have a different glory than those that didn't. Pastors, preachers, 
are going to have a different glory than those who said no to Jesus or to those who quit. Evangelists are going to have a different glory than the others. Because they got a different calling. And it's up to God to make that. We don't get a pick. We don't get to wake up one day and say, Yeah, hey, I'm going to go to college and I'm going to be a pastor. If God didn't put it on your heart, it ain't going to matter. I mean, we can put together speeches and put together slideshows and things like that. And if you know how to talk right, you can keep a group of people together. But I'm going to tell you, when it comes down to giving truth, with 100 plus people sitting in here this morning, that truth's going to get on somebody and the devil's going to run with it the wrong way. If Brother Gene is the only difficult member of a church, it would be easy. That's why the evangelist gets to roll in and then they roll out. The pastor has to listen to all of it. And the pastor prays for all of it. There are going to be different glories. Teachers, those who are teaching. Brother Randy, all that work you're doing and studying for that wonderful Sunday school class you put every Sunday morning with a plethora of information, can I tell you, if, nobody, if everybody falls asleep on it, God is keeping track. And your glory will be different because you studied. It's up to them to hear. It's up to them to come. But God says, I've made the way. And I called you to do this. You did it. Thank you, Brother Willie. Same thing. All these years, all the stuff you've taught and God has put in your brain, I don't see how a head can hold all that. I mean, he's like a computer. You ask him something, and like two seconds, he ain't turning to it in the Bible. He's quoting it. And I thank God for that. Those are people we can go to, all of us. That's what it's about. It's not about who's got the most or who don't. It's about these different glories that God gives us so we can function. Yeah, that's next week's message, I think. Yeah. <laughs> their talents and things. It's hard to keep it separated. Uh. But there's going to be different glories. Prayer warriors are going to have a different glory than those that chose not to. Maybe God called somebody to be, they said, I ain't doing it. God's, he got his little pen out in his book, the books, and he puts an X. Now they said, no. That book of life, folks, we're going to talk about that in the next couple messages it's a book about your life I has not seen or ear heard or entered into the hearts of man the things that God has in store for those that love him it's all according to his purpose that's a book those books will be pulled out so there's going to be different glories hmm. and God's going to make everything new He's going to recreate everything to get rid of the contaminants of sin. Okay, let's go to this scripture here. In Isaiah 66 and 22, For as the new heavens and the new earth, which I will, which I will make, shall remain before me, says the Lord, so shall your descendants and your name remain. And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to the other and from the Sabbath, one Sabbath to another, all flesh shall come and worship before me. Remember that. All flesh shall come and worship before me on the Sabbath. 
Revelation 21 and 1. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also there was no more sea. Brother Eddie, you're not going to get to go fishing. You better get it done now. Make a bucket list. It's got a river, so there'll be trout. No sea trout. And then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them, and they will be, and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. That's what we're looking for. It's all going to end and we're going to have something new. It's going to be new. And it's going to be a life that we're going to live. This new Jerusalem is 1,400 miles square. I had a thing I was going to break and I forgot it, but it's a square about yay big. And on one of those globes that's the size of a basketball, it's roughly about half the distance from here to the moon. Is one side, and it's a square. It's a big place. A new Jerusalem. And a new earth. A new earth. He's going to make, it's what it says here in the Bible, so it has to be. You got to live where you want to live. In a glorified body that's going to be glowing and the glow of that body, the glory of that body is going to be based on what was done here for the kingdom. You can go away with a trillion dollars in your bank account. It means absolutely nothing in heaven. The bank account in heaven, it says, and we're going to cover these next week. Oh, well, you, you didn't do any of these. Yeah, but I didn't, no, you didn't do any of these and what you did do with this, you had the wrong motive. That's how God looks at things. Are you going to heaven where you're saved? Yeah, but there's no reward there for some of these things. So there's going to be different glories. You know, Brother Gene was an evangelist. Stand up for a minute. He still is, by the way. He may not have a paper on the wall, but he's got a mouth and he's got knowledge. And he's got a Holy Ghost that will lead him when it's time to talk to somebody. You're still an evangelist, sir. That's what he called you to be. That's what you are. But I want you to picture this in heaven. Let's say I die today. Or let's say just nobody ever comes to Jesus again by, by any works that I've done following the Lord. Not that I've done it. You need, we need to understand. It's what he does. But someday there may be like 500 souls that's been laid to his account. Because he preached the message. He went, against the, he went against the grain. He went against all those odds. He went against all the criticism. He went against it all. And he said, I'm taking this word. Maybe a pastor said, you're not preaching that when you come here. But God said, you preach it. Who do you please, God or men? And he said, I'm going to stick with God on this. And when he does, a young man's life gets changed. When he does, a young girl makes a decision that maybe she was going to do something that night and chooses not to. Thank you, 
All because of what God had given him. Because he's sovereign, he knows everything. And I died today going home, run over the hill down there or something. And I got like three souls to my credit. Not much work. I mean, I've not been saved that long, folks. The glories are going to be different. Now, if I've got a problem with that, I think I have a lot bigger problem than just that. I need to know who Jesus Christ is. Because it's not about measuring up to other people at all. But God's keeping note. You see, because here's what's going to happen. When Jesus comes walking by, oh, I'm getting on my other message. (laughs) He's going to have a crown upon his head, and when he's wearing that crown, and Jesus comes walking by, maybe Gene's gone to visit the moon or something. He wanted to see the Sea of Tranquility. And so he says, well, we're going up there. And he takes off and he goes there. And Jesus just happens to be visiting the moon too. Well, when Jesus comes walking by, Gene's going to just bow down and he's going to cast that crown at his feet. And he's going to say, you know what? All of this ain't what I did, but it's what you did. Thank you for letting me be a part of it. Thank you for letting me let you work through me. And when Jesus and everybody that's around gets to see Jesus is getting glory for that crown and for those souls, he says, well done, good and fa- uh, my good and faithful servant. And he's going to get down and he's going to stick it back on your head like he did on Coronation Day when you showed up. And he's going to say, I'll be seeing you. I'm heading to Jupiter next week. Maybe you'll be there. No, I'm heading over. I'm going to Alaska. God, I never got to see it. That is what it's going to be like. But when I meet him over in Alaska, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to go, here's a man that gave his life to Jesus. And it's all for Jesus' glory. But thank you for submitting to him. That's how it's going to roll. Because there's going to be different glories. Thank you, sir. There's going to be different glories. We're not bowing down to worship him. We're bowing down to show honor. Give honor to who honor is due. You listen to Jesus and thank you, oh. But it's not going to be no jealousy thing happening because that stuff ain't going to be in heaven. If that's a problem with your thinking now, get rid of the stinking thinking because that ain't what it's about. Okay. Huh. Man, I am so out of time. Ah, hang with me. Just give me five more minutes. Can I have five more? Maybe six. We're going to have status in Revelation 5 and 9. And they sang a new song saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain and have redeemed us by God. By your blood to us, us to God by your blood, out of every tribe and every tongue and every nation and every people, and have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on earth. Kings and priests—they may not be who we think it is. It may not be the guy that's got the TV show that's putting out all the the the, the preaching and stuff. It may not be him. Yeah, he's doing good work. Not all of them bad, but the point is, is this: it may not be who we think it is. It may be the young man that came to Christ early in China. 
And he's been leading people to Jesus Christ in the underground. He's having to sneak to go and preach. And all of a sudden, maybe he does that one day. And some authorities come in and they say, you cannot preach in that name. And they get him up and they beat him and they beat him and they beat him. And they carry him off to some prison to spend the rest of his life. And he can't talk to anybody, tell nobody about Jesus. He didn't have the fine car. He didn't have the big ministry. He didn't have the this, the that, the everything else. No, he preached maybe for a week and then he went to jail. You see, the Bible tells us some will be first, those who are first will be last, and last is first. You remember that? Oh, he may have honor, big honor in heaven because of what he had to go through. You see, that's the picture of the lion and the lamb. You see, the lion or the lamb of God became the lion of Judah. Kings and priests. Kings and priests. There's going to be status. Kings and priests. The lion became a priest. The lamb became a priest. Jesus, a man, became our high priest. The Son of God had flesh. Now we go and we go exploring. Maybe we went and seen a picture of one of them places where the, the, the Hubble telescope has just showed us, and it's like, wow. Anybody ever seen some of those? Oh, man, it's amazing what's out there. Well, we want to go see that, so we just, we go. We go. And we're visiting and we're seeing things. Maybe run into Brother Eddie because me and him, we like to stargaze together sometimes. Hey, Brother Eddie, how y'all doing? You and Dolores, y'all make it up here all right? Oh, yeah, it's beautiful. Brother Eddie, have you seen, have you seen Brother Willie? Yeah, I seen him last week. and Well, they can't get him away from the Grand Canyon. He wants to spend his whole life seeing it. Now he won't leave it. There's so much else in around, but he won't leave it. But, but that's where he is. He's hanging out there. And all of a sudden, while me and him is standing on the far reaches of the universe, checking this out, all of a sudden, we hear the shofar, a horn, a trumpet. That's what, something like that. I don't know. I have a shofar, but I didn't bring it. But we hear that, and when we hear that, it's the call to worship. So I'll be Eddie, I'll race you back to New Jerusalem because that's where we're going. We're going to go back and we're, there's not going to be any churches in heaven. There won't be no need, but there's going to be God in a place and we're going to go worship Him because we're supposed to keep the commands. One of the commands we're supposed to keep is called the Sabbath. Now I think about this one a lot. I didn't get saved till late in my life. And there's been some I've missed since I've been saved. Some I didn't have a choice and some I did make a choice. And this is just for me. If God's talking to you with it, go with it. If he ain't, that's fine. Don't, don't. But figure out how old you are today. Multiply it by 52. And that's how many Sabbaths God gave you. 
might ask you, how many did you keep? Because when we go to heaven, you're going to keep them all. That Sabbath, that worship time, a day is as a thousand years, a thousand years as a day with the Lord. Maybe we spent 6,000 years, Eddie, going to find all the best fishing spots in the, in the universe. But on that seventh day, when that trumpet sounds like clockwork, we're going to worship our in my father's house are many mansions. The NIV says many rooms. That's where we're going to hang out. 1,400 miles square, something as big a square from right now where we're standing to halfway to the moon, that big of a square, reaching from here to St. Louis, just the other side of the Mississippi River. That's how big of a square that way, then up, then down, a square, a cube. That's big, ain't it? 1,400 miles. The planes that we see are roughly about seven Seven miles, ain't it? Four, five, five, seven miles in the air. So it's quite a bit more than that. And when that trumpet sounds and he says to us, it's time to come and worship, we're going to go worship. Everything we do in this life for the kingdom determines what happens in, her, in heaven, in our eternity. Everything. Next week, come back, because we're going to talk about some of the things that is in the books God's keeping record of. We're going to get a reward. Can I tell you, if you've been dealing with stuff, he's going to reward every tear that you've had to shed. He's going to reward every heartache that you've had at the hands of someone else. He's going to reward the perseverance that we've had he's going to reward all the persecution all the lies that's been told about you can I tell you something he knows and you may know Gene you wronged me and Gene says oh I didn't wrong you or maybe we don't maybe we don't do what the Bible says what does the Bible tell us to do when that happens We've got to be looking for reconciliation. Not talking to everybody and their brother under the sun about it, but not going to the source. Our ideal, if we have Jesus Christ in our life, is we've got to make up. You see what I'm talking about? We've got to make up. Otherwise, Jesus, he, he ain't Lord of everything. Not for us. But even if he says, no, I'm not having anything to do with that. There's no making up. You wrong me, and I can't forgive you. I'm not forgiving you. And that breaks my heart. God sees it. He knows it. And there will be a reward for it. That's what we can count on. Because he knows the thoughts and the intents of every heart. Wherever we go, he's there. See, it don't matter if anybody sees you in church on Sunday or don't. If it matters, then everything we're doing is because of what people think, not what God thinks. God knows. And he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Feel like Jeremiah right about now. 
You got to give the message, Gene. It's not about making buddies and friends. It's about doing what God says. There are eternal rewards. Everybody's going to have different. I want you, if you would, stand to your feet. Can y'all play something, Gene? I'm sorry I went over this morning. Next week I'll get started a little early because there's a lot of material to cover. Try to come back and be with us next week because we're going to cover some of those things. We need to know this, don't we? Don't we need to know this? As they play, I want you to think about this. Just close your eyes for a minute, if you will. And if the Holy Spirit has spoke to your heart this morning, don't ignore him. Because God knows. He knows what he put in our heart. He knows what our response was. He knows what we're struggling with. He knows. And he wants to reward us. We're not talking about salvation now. We're talking about the rewards. He knows. This message for me has been something that I'm seeing for me to restart and redo and renew and reget. And I wonder if maybe you're at that place. God's talking to your heart and saying, let's get started on our eternal rewards. We know heaven's real. We know we're going to there. We know it's going to be a real life. Maybe he's talking to you this morning. I'm not asking you about are you saved or not. You know. Maybe you don't know. If you think you're not, I ask that you come forward and let us pray with you. If you're not sure, today's the day you can be sure. We're not going to cast stones at nobody. Maybe life has just gotten so busy that we've forgotten about God. Maybe we don't read our Bibles and we're not praying like we ought to be, like He's leading us to do because life got busy. And He sent this message today to say, let's get started. This ain't about trying to get workers in the church, working in the nursery. If, the, if it's your calling, then it is. But if it ain't, there's something that we got to do for the kingdom of God. Because that's the only thing that's going to matter. It's like having a, a, a credit card from a bank. You either have a job and you've been cleared by credit saying we're going to give you this much thinking and knowing you're going to pay it back. Or like the old American Expresses, we'll give you what you've given us. You just give us 500 bucks, that's your line of credit. It's kind of like that. When we get to heaven, when we stand before the Lord, He's going to hand out the rewards. He's going to hand them out. 
Don't go empty-handed. Oh, Father, y'all just pray with me if you would. We come to you right now and we give you the praise. We give you the honor. We give you the glory for your word. We give you the glory, Father, for Jesus. We give you the glory for all things because you called us. You had the plan, Lord, from the very foundations of the earth. You had the plan. You set it in motion so that we too can come and know who you are, so that we too can live this life closer to you. Father, we know that being a Christian, being a follower of Jesus, doesn't mean all the bad stuff goes away. We're still going to deal with things. Oh, but Lord, help us to stay focused on you, to give you the glory for everything that we do. When men try to look at us and say, oh, that was great, oh, that was no, help us, Father, to have it within us. To say, Lord, this is to you. This is for you. I pray today, Lord, that this message, that this word will get inside of our hearts. So that the foundation's laid, that we can move forward with what you have in store for us. We give you the glory today, Father. I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity and the privilege to serve you. And I give you that glory. In Jesus' name.